0: 702 Nola Knows Wendy Nola, I'm jumping straight into it Because we've got so much to get through Happy Thursday And to
1: you, good to be with you again Let's let's do that jumping thing Okay,
0: so we're going to be starting with uh, the the story But I wanted to ask We skipped the Woolwoods saga the last time And subsequent to that conversation you know that session we're supposed to have but ran out of time for i saw people talking about the fact that it wasn't just they should rather look at the packaging place as opposed to Woolworths because Liquid Fruit also seemed to be having a saga with some of their boxes that they're saying maybe there's an issue at the packaging was there anything else that you had heard after that
1: uh okay let me find my notes um so yes, I I have quite a few images like that one which was most recently doing the rounds of that tully's fruit juice with this disgusting looking thing at the bottom, sort of lumps, a bit of grey, a bit of darker, a bit of cream, whatever. Essentially it's it's mold and it happens. I spoke to um, Prof. Peter Ghos, who is uh, with the Center uh, Center for Food Safety, which is based at Stellenbosch University's food science department. He's a microbiologist, and he said most of these cases are as a result of the juices not having tamper-proof seals. Mm. So someone might go and turn that little little, uh, cap to see if it's really sealed or not, Knowingly or unknowingly break the cap, and then air gets in there because these things, these juices in the tetra pack packs, right, 100% juice blends, they don't contain um, uh, preservatives. Mm. So they they heat it up to a really high temperature and then sealed, and that that process is like the same with with long life milk. That process, mm. as long as it's it's sealed and it's on the shelf. You could keep it on the shelf in ambient temperatures for, as you know, up until the best before date, which is long, right? Mm. The moment you open it and put it in the fridge, ideally, then um, it has a short shelf life, right, because the air has got in. So what happens is air gets in um, through a broken seal. Sometimes if it's a manufacturing fault, it can be down a seam, mm. and that's when the mold starts occurring, especially in the higher temps we have here in this country in summer. Mm. So um I haven't had any further feedback from Woolworths other than to say they were aware of the tweet uh, that was circulating, we've been in touch with the company with the customer. We treated this as top priority and we're gonna so what they have to do is collect the sample mm. and do the testing and find out what went wrong. But um is it a health risk? Generally not, Prof Host said he says it's most likely Spoilage mold, such as penicillium So no need to worry It's the same uh, uh, Organism that makes the, the blue cheese Blue, puts mm. those blue veins In it, and um, obviously If you drank it and you're feeling ill Then go and see a doctor, but he said generally There's nothing to worry about, which is not to take away From the fact that it's a really horrible It's so gross,
0: <laughs> thing. like you couldn't and, tell and if it's, If it's like rat baby someone described it as some of your flight finding placenta in your juice boxes. I was like, that is no, horrific. No, no. <laughs> no, gross.
1: Well this professor did say, because he's seen so many examples of this, that he would never pour even from a small uh cotton, you know, serve, never put pour straight in your mouth. Always pour those things in a glass first.
0: Okay. So if a person finds themselves in this situation, must they just take that box as it is back to where they bought it to say, "Guys, I found yes. this in my drink. Please give me a swap and a sorry." Exactly. And then
1: and then well, it, you know, that the retailer should give you a sorry because they you know, that's who you deal with. Um in the case of Woolworths, the retailer is is the supplier, as well It's their brand. <clears throat> but um ideally, you know, I think the manufacturer should always take it seriously, mm. take it back from you, collect it from you, whatever works, and then give you a written, um, a, a written finding of mm. the investigation. It shouldn't be happening, as I say. Sometimes it's it's unintentional or intentional tampering in a store. Sometimes it's a manufacturing fault. According to this professor, who's seen a lot of these cases, he says mm. it's mostly what they call post-production. So it's not a manufacturing defect. It's happened. Afterwards, air's got in it's sitting on the shelf, and mold is going to develop um so this is we're going to be seeing a lot more of these, and we see them mainly in summer for obvious reasons nice. for high temperatures um it is gross. But it's not
0: really helpful to be
1: talking about placentas and rat babies <laughs> and whatever, because that's
0: really look. Not it's it's good to thing. know that you know uh, he said it's not this terrible health hazard. But if you're feeling ill, uh, go do something about yes. it. Hence, you know, pour straight into a glass. That's now the thing. And I've also that learned. Is a thing. Um, you know, my thing is open your burger before you eat it. That's my thing. Yeah, because you never also, know.
1: <laughs> you will never find a food scientist or a microbiologist eating a burger patty that's not properly done. So there's pinkness in the. They're like, uh, 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 no,
0: not really. In I feel meat, like it's in a more burger. in your yeah. fine dining spaces that they that they like to do that.
1: Yeah and that's it's a whole piece of meat right we're not talking about mince meat yes um which is more susceptible so no i'm so, talking the patty you
0: know? they'll say to you it's uh, medium rare yes yeah, so they will uh, just uh, do the 3 minutes 3 minutes or whatever they uh, do well, each side. yes
1: you won't find a microbiologist wanting to eat that which will should tell you something. Oh so gosh. more on the more on the better done for a for a for a patty, right? Yes. <laughs> That's yes. I don't shoot the messenger, I'm just passing on what I've
0: seen and okay. observed. Okay. Perfect. All right. So deep fakes.
1: Yes. Deep fakes. So people have been faking all sorts of things since the beginning of mankind, but Artificial intelligence is now taking that to a whole new level and new levels all the time. So someone can create an image that looks, walks, and talks like a trusted celebrity, local and and international, and um, then they have that very convincing-looking fake, endorse very dangerous stuff from weight loss products to financial schemes. Those are the two main categories that I've observed. Um, and we spoke about this um a few months ago when um, how romance we've always said you're being targeted by a romance scammer, if you if you yes. you know, have gone onto a dating site and this person takes you onto WhatsApp and is, is love bombing you. Always over the years, my advice and those of others has always been get them to to phone you, have a live conversation, a video conversation, yes. right? Because the faker has now stolen an image of a great looking guy or a woman, but it's mostly uh, that the, the scammers are mostly um, men in this case. And um, they've created a story, a completely made up story about who they are. And you're not actually hearing them or seeing them. So, you know, um, have, ask for this live call. And mm. if they, they won't WhatsApp chat, whatever it is, if they won't, then, um, you know, then, you know, you're being scammed. But I have, I heard from someone very recently it did that, and this person had, she found out later, had used AI to create this deep fake. So she was talking to this image. Um, the accent was uh, um, appropriate for the per- the persona that he mm. pretended to be, and she fell for it. And I'm like, okay. So you can see even in these scenarios, there's a lot that we need to be aware of. Um, uh, if you think about, you know, um, I'm thinking about, you know, we've covered cases of cars being stolen from dealerships. What? I don't want to give crooks that idea, but what if, you know, someone phoned through to say, uh, my driver's coming to pick le- the car and is using the voice of the person who dropped them off and knows mm. all the particulars. And, you know, there's the opportunity for us to be, you know, in real trouble over these deepfakes is is large. And celebrities, getting back to that one, are so obvious targets. So, Devery Sun Creek Governor did a great piece on her Devi show just this last Sunday Mm. night. She told the story of how she and SABC presenter Leanne Manners and our sister Session, uh, 947's Anil Mdoda, they've all had their images faked Mm. um, uh, to punch stuff that they wouldn't in a million years being associated with. And Debbie was confronted with images of herself dancing, stripping off, and even being arrested. Because that's how's that for a juicy story, wow. right? Um And one video featuring Leanne Manas had her, she was watching this fake, and she said the voice was pretty good. They hadn't quite got her, her accent right. It was a bit too sort of British. But many people would fall for such fakes, despite those little discrepancies. And despite... Such endorsements being totally off brand, right? As Devi said, if I had found a way to make big bucks on crypto, I'm not sure that I would stay in the crook, crook catching business, right? But for a lot of people, those dots won't be joined. They will just see the image of a trusted, um, you know, um, celebrity mm. uh, person with a profile and and fall for it. I, as I was waiting to come on air, actually, as one, I was. Facebook scrolling, actually. This isn't a deep fake issue, but Diane Kolobana, the DA politicians um, uh, Facebook profile account has been hacked and there she is going, good afternoon, I made a massive profit from investing with the best trading platform. I invested 10,000 and I got a return of 100,000 in 24 hours and the comments are, oh, how do I do this? You know, it's just endless. The fakery is endless. I thought, let's chat to an expert in the field, uh-huh. who's, who's several several giant leaps ahead of most of us in terms of what this is all about and what we can do about it. Um, her name is Professor Sylvia Papadopoulos. She's a full time associate professor in the Department of Private Law at the University of Pretoria, and the acting director of the Centre for Intellectual Property Law. Ooh. And I happen to chat to we both we both sit on a on a committee. Um, a panel uh, for consumer protection and we got chatting a couple of weeks ago in a meeting and I was like, I'm having you on the show because she had us all wired out about this issue and about how we are just, we're not most people, companies, all of us are really not getting how serious this is and what we should be doing about it.
0: All right. Professor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. So Sylvia, thanks again for your time.
1: We should probably start at the very beginning. I gave a bit of a summary there, things that people, listeners, might have been exposed to. But what are deepfakes, and how do they work?
2: Um. All right. So deepfakes are a type of s- synthetic, generated media that are created using AI. Um, So you have algorithms that are trained on large data sets of images or videos, and these learn the patterns and characteristics of human faces, movement, and voices. And then from that data, they generate highly realistic imitations of a person's appearance or speech patterns. And you can use it then to create New content, modify existing content, and it's basically about superimposing a target person's face onto the body of another individual or mimicking the target person's voice, all putting this all together in one um, very classy video. Um, mm. so it, 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 it has a lot of good potential, it has a lot of Bad potential and risks that are we are already seeing uh, materialising.
1: Maybe we should start with because I mean we've been talking about the scary side of it. What 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 would you say falls under good potential? Look, the biggest use of deep fakes will probably be in
2: the entertainment arena. So, uh, which fakes, we're starting to see, yes, yes, yeah. So you will be deep fakes and and already AI is having a significant effect in the entertainment area but film and television will seamlessly be able to replace actor or actresses faces with those of other individuals and it can be very creative, it can be used for specific visual effects like aging a person or making them look a lot younger and prettier Um, and it's actually an issue that's at the heart of, of the actor's strike that we saw in Hollywood a, a couple of months ago, maybe last year. I can't remember exactly when it was. Yeah, and I remember. It comes, it, it, it comes down to the fact that filmmakers and producers don't have to spend days and millions of dollars shooting scenes or the right tone of voice or the right expressions. It can essentially be done in the studio at a relatively low cost with a bit of know-how. And we would never know. know. And you wouldn't even know. Um, Tom Hanks, I think one of his new movies has used that um, where they look at the different phases of of of, of the character's life and they have used it to make him look younger. They've used younger footage of him, and then they also used it to age him. So they're they already incorporating it um, into the film and, and, and entertainment arena quite significantly.
0: Can I actually jump in there, uh, Wendy and Professor? There's a message from Warren that's come in saying, Good day, Lebheel and Wendy. I've seen a number of deepfake video adverts on YouTube pretending to be ENCA or SABC news readers. Uh, purportedly reporting that there's an investment scheme, etc. I've reported the advertisements yeah. to YouTube, but they still appear. Are we finding that peop- um, um, it is now a problem getting them taken down?
1: Um, this is a good question. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm <laughs> say on the on the TV show. Sorry, um, um, Leanne Manna said it's frustrating because they all reported and nothing happened. So, so this is one for you to answer. I'm very interested in the answer here, Sylvia, (laughs) in terms of what, what does one do? I mean, somebody could, could fake me, uh, being arrested or whatever, or or promoting some consumer related product, um, that people would trust because people are always saying, what do you, what do you, um, you know, what do you recommend or whatever, I What, do they, what do, um, hope I'm not giving anyone any ideas, but what would I then do? What recourse would I have? Because that is beyond horrifying. It has been a
2: bit of a struggle. Um, look, when you're dealing with deep fakes, there are technological tools available to detect it. Um, obviously, it's been a bit of a debate on how effective they are or if they are effectively implemented by social media companies. Um, I think the the Taylor Swift um, that was terrible. Yes, no, it it, it was mm-hmm. really horrible and degrading and 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 something that no woman should have to go through. Um, that has has done a lot of good for enforcement. Mm. It has, you know, X had to quickly X or Twitter had to very quickly scramble and disable all Taylor Swift searches. But the technology to detect deep fakes plays a sort of cat and mouse game with the creators of the technology. So they will develop a tool, it will detect, and then they will find a way around it. And, you know, it's this constant shifting of dynamics. You mm-hmm. have a better tool and then they have a better way of getting around it. So it is it, it, it is a bit of a cat and mouse game, Um and, and, and one of the things that we really do have to focus on is, is better enforcement on the part of platforms, on the part of social media, and, and, and that is going to take a lot of work.
1: What kind of work? Because I want to be part of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, you know, in, in South Africa, we don't have a lot of legislation which holds um, platforms. Host material liable, and I think that is one of the the regulatory Mm. gaps we have. We have legislation which will um, be able to catch perpetrators of this kind of of fake material. Um, So, we've got the Protection of Personal Information Act, you've got the Cyber Crimes Act, and those will target people who use deep fake technology to create the misleading um, and, and fraudulent kinds of videos that we will be seeing. But we don't have anything that is specific to a platform who are traditionally seen as hosts and therefore a neutral sort of um, platform and not responsible for what other people put on there.
0: Uh, but that is a
2: it's a loophole currently in our legislation and, our, and around the world, um, but it's something that has definitely, we've seen a huge shift in attitude, starting in the EU, more recently in the US, and, and we've seen legislation slowly coming into place that shifts that responsibility onto those platforms.
1: Well, that would be brilliant, half the battle. In the meantime... While this gap exists, what do ordinary people, you and me and, and all the listeners, do to protect ourselves or to spot these deep fakes that are becoming so close to the real thing? Anything you would recommend, Sylvia? Um,
2: there are
1: no one-shot
2: solutions at the moment. You need to be aware that they exist. So awareness is, is a very powerful tool. Um, and it goes to, to, to something which is actually quite close to my heart and that is digital literacy, which is about training and educational resources for employees, for journalists, for the general public in our schools, um, how to spot these signs of manipulation, checking the authenticity of the content. We need to encourage a lot of critical thinking and skepticism around these things. You know, the older days, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Mm. I mean, the chances are that Elon Musk is going to contact you directly and, and promote some other scheme. Very small. But sure. people will fall for it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so because need, it's, if
2: they need, want to. they like what they hear. Yes, of course. And, and who wouldn't? I mean, the richest man in mm. the world is, is, is promoting something. He, he must know what he's talking about. So we need right. this, this questioning of the source. We need to be in the habit of corroborating what is being said. And we need resources where we can check. You know, you can submit the content and say, you know, is this real? Yeah. Um, we so, we, so we
1: have a platform. Yeah, I'm just thinking at the top of my head here. We have a platform that has been uh, initiated by the South African Fraud Prevention Services called YIMA, Y-I-M-A. If you Google that, you will find it's a resource to report frauds and whatever. And maybe, well, not maybe, that should become a repository for these kinds of reports that the rest of us can learn from if we do the kinds of checking that you're talking about, Sylvia. So that might be a start. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get hold of
2: also- them and say, yeah, let's push that. Yeah, promote- We we need to promote those tools. They need to be out in the open. They need to be easily accessible for people. I know Media Monitoring Africa, um, who has joined in a partnership with the information regulator and our independent electoral commission on this information and data protection around our elections now, they also have a tool where you can submit content. But these kinds of tools need to be much more publicly available much more easily accessible and and obviously people need to to be able to you know say i got this is this is this real or you know is exactly
0: all right we're gonna have Perfect. to uh, pause it there professor thank you so so much as we get to the news when we come back we continue with wendy nola it's just after two thirty
3: 702
0: NOLA knows. We're still with Wendy Nola, our consumer rights feature. Nola knows. Give us a call. O double one double eight three oh seven oh two in the WhatsApp line. O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. Wendy, before we go to the lines, um um let's quickly go into our next story and then Boogie from Santa, I see you and the others that are standing by. <laughs> Well, maybe we should talk.
1: I had one lined up and we can get there. But since we're talking fakes, maybe it will make sense to go stick with the theme on the fakes. Um, I think just, um, when I was preparing this, this morning, mm. um, David emailed me to st- to say, uh, to talk about something I talk about a lot, but clearly I need to, because I'm telling you, it's almost daily now that I get an email from someone that's fallen for an online shoe, uh, uh retail site scam. So it was a big brand and they go on and um, I mean, let's talk about the red flags that aren't spotted. Number one, they don't look at the URL and to see that the name isn't quite right, it's extra letter or something different, The brand name is different, or it's putting the brand name with SA and they don't actually have a South African website. And then they have all the styles or most of them in all the sizes at unbelievable, too-good-to-be-true prices. So you've got to know, please – Please, 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 please. You don't have to almost don't have to do any more checks than that. That is going to be a scam. But David says the scammers are out and I've been caught. There's an online special on ASICs running shoes, but it turns out it's a scam. He's an athlete, is David. He says, I bought two pairs for 300 Rand each. There's a clue right there. And listen to this. This is what I'm starting to see more of. Not just I didn't get them. Got something else instead. In his case, It was a small box. He thought, "Mm, what kind of shoes are these? With that horrible, cheap, nasty, fake necklace thing in there. Mm -hmm. So now he's engaging with them and he's saying, "Um, what's going on here? He gets hold of uh, ASIC South Africa, genuine company, and they say, no, they never run online specials. That's not them. He says, I thought listening to your show, I was alert. (laughs) So never think, as we've spoken about in the past, never think that you're not going to fall for something. So now the scammers want to engage with them. They want his banking details so they can refund a portion of what he paid. They started off saying 15% will refund you 15%. I mean, really, they sent him a worthless piece of nothing instead of 600 rands worth of, or instead of two pairs of running shoes. Then they said it was 20. Then they will give it they're up to 40 at the moment, and they're, they're corresponding with him from a very dodgy looking email, uh, Gmail address, and then... I had a good look. I love the exchanges between fraudsters, scam artists and, and consumers. So so how did they how did they explain that he got not shoes but this horrible piece of fake jewelry? We are deeply sorry to hear that you are unwilling to accept our proposal, that is to give him a tiny refund. Um oh, sorry, yeah, so that was the later one. Since the shipping information shows that our package has been delivered, um as for how it happened, Since packages are automatically distributed and sub-packaged by the machine, the machine, it's like the computer, the machine, which may cause some errors. As a result, you receive the wrong products. We are deeply sorry and shameful for such a mistake, and we'll give you a small refund. Is this acceptable for you? So please, 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 those warnings again. Check the URL. It's not going to be genuine. There's going to be something wrong with it. If there's too many styles available and you can get whatever size you're looking for and it's a huge discount, end move on. The temptation is there, but the product is not.
0: Mm. So
1: I just get so sad when I especially for people who say they listen to the show. I mean, how often do I go on about this? Mm. Um but I think I think when you think you're getting a bargain, I don't know, some part of your rational brain goes into
0: hibernation and then You know where it goes, into your wallet, where you're thinking about saving money. (laughs) That's where it goes. But thank you for keeping us updated on that one. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. Wendy, when we come back, we're going to go to the Lions Boogie Togo. I see you. Wendy Nola will be with you in a bit. 702. Nola Knows. Fourteen minutes to three o'clock. We're still with Wendy Nola. We take your calls on oh double one double eight three zero seven zero two in the WhatsApp line oh seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. We go to the lines. Boogie from and You've been holding so patiently. Please go ahead. Hi, um,
4: I want to pose a question, please, to to Wendy, um, with regards to um, a forensic auditor. I, oh, okay. Yes, I have. I have a maintenance order from an ex-husband of mine. Okay, so he's owing me in back pays. He's owing me close to six million, right? Close to six million, right? So I went to the maintenance office in Renberg. Um, My case, um, I, uh, I filed a case from 2021, and then in 2022, seeing that the matter is, you know, you know these matters they obviously take time to take off, and then um, right advised me to contact um, Ms. Lake, Indira Naik, who is a forensic auditor, at my own capacity to pay her by myself, obviously. So I contacted her. So from last year, she's been busy with um, with the auditing of um, um, the, 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 my exes uh, books, including his many, many companies, you know.
0: Can I just quickly ask I, a question, just in the interest of time, Boogie. So you hired the forensic auditor, as in they're providing you services. I'm not sure, Wendy, is this sitting within your jurisdiction of consumer rights?
1: Uh, uh, well, it's a divorce issue, so generally not. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't start off sounding like a mm. consumer issue. I'm concerned because the service provider has now been named and yes. I'm guessing it's going to be a complaint about the quality of his services. Um, I think it's probably something we should do offline, but I'm probably going to have to get a a, a, right of reply. So in future, Um, please, Bookie,
0: we just are careful with naming people because now we're going to have to bring your whole case. And because it's a divorce case, you know, it's confidential information. So, we, if we're giving yes. a person a right of reply, and then they want to disclose things that are private and personal to you, so I'm going to just pass it back to our producer. Let's see how uh, Wendy can uh, see if she is able to assist you. Uh, we've got Tagani in Rudderport. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? And, Hi, Tagani. Uh, yes, um, just for time, if you can just go ahead. Thank you. Okay, I'm not going. Okay, I'll be very short. So in
3: 2021, we contracted with this one lady to develop five websites for our businesses. We are like a small business um, owners and uh, she was from Cape town and she's registered uh, with the CIPC and you know, when, every, when the person is registered, you feel comfortable that, okay, they are registered, they are a legit business. But then what she did instead, she only gave us skeletons of the websites and didn't deliver the actual websites. So and we had already paid her the hosting fees, the, the annual hosting fees, and it was big websites. I'm talking about um, cataloguing online catalogs and calendars and things like that. So, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, because she only gave us the skeleton, then we went out to look for developers to come and help us maybe to complete this website. The developers, none of them were able to access the website, claiming that um, she might have held our website. Uh, ransom. So at the later stage, she's going to demand a ransom for us before we get our websites and domains back.
1: Oh, okay. And what does she say to that? No,
3: she's not even taking our calls or anything. She's And she's, she's posting every day on Facebook. I can still see her posting every second day on Facebook.
0: Okay, well, I can see so, so it's not a big, email. it's not a big corporate company. It's like an individual that is providing these services.
3: She's an individual, but then she's developing web. She she claimed to be developing websites for big companies because she sent me some of the work that she's
0: done before. So and it it, was is it companies. possible that you were scammed? I think oh, so. Yeah. I'm because, and the reason I'm saying this, I mean, I even saw another person selling skincare products saying they're a dermatologist. And then other people went to say, you're not even registered. And another one saying, I'm this doctor and you're using my, my name. So in this case, Wendy, where somebody may have been scammed because there are lots of individuals that are saying yeah. we, one, yeah. they provide services. Yeah.
1: And we're, we're back to the fakes. This is the theme of the show. Fakes preying on us, taking our money, Um, if she's an out-and-out fake, uh, regardless of that business registration, then she's not going to be at all worried about a media approach. She's got no reputation that Mm. she wants to uphold, right? But, I mean, there's nothing to lose. If you send me the details, um, Sakana, if you send me the details in an email um, and her contact details, um, I could, you know, I could send an email and and pose some questions and uh, get a response. It's, it's you've got nothing further to lose. It won't cost me
0: more than five, 10 minutes. So I'm prepared to do that if you if you email me. All right, uh, Zakani will come through then. Another person saying that I was scammed uh, uh for 150 rand. At least it's not a massive amount. Ordering a box of eggs from a person calling themselves, they named the name, advertising on Instagram and Twitter. Uh She says, yeah. even when I saw all the signs, I thought I still sent 150 deposit to order eggs. No eggs. This person is still operating and posting. That is KK in Pretoria. Follow your gut, please. Togo in Kempton Park. Go ahead.
3: Hi, Wendy. Um, Hi, Togo. My car was involved in an accident on the 6th of January, 2021. It was a write off on the scene and was taken to SMD. The claim was rejected by the insurance. So I requested the vehicle back to me to fix it on my own. When they brought back the vehicle, the vehicle was looted. It had no ABS system, no starter system. No computer box and many more parts were looted on the vehicle. So, uh, because the person that the tow truck that brought the vehicle to the penal beta was still with me, I called my insurance to say to state all the possibilities that I see with the vehicle. Then the vehicle, I, I requested them to take it back to where it came from. So the vehicle was taken back. Up until today, the case is not finalized. I was with ombudsman to complain and and ombudsman send me back to my insurance to talk to them. Up until today I keep on receiving calls from the bank to pay the vehicle because it's a bank vehicle. It's just a mess when the
4: police assist me.
1: Can I ask you why the claim was rejected, Togo?
3: They said my son was driving at a very high speed. At a place that the speed is shuttered on the side of the
1: road. And why did the ombudsman uh, tell you to go back to the insurer On this one Because now I'm, you're claiming a separate sure. issue.
3: I'm not sure Because I thought on my own That maybe the ombudsman Had spoken to The insurance and the insurance agreed That they will sort everything Out so I received a call From okay. the guy who, who said He is a, a manager at SMD Who told me that there were Intruders that a uh, did all this mess on the car, and he said that he's going to pay for a certain amount. So I went and did my own research uh, and my own quotation with the Hyundai. Uh, they gave me the quotation. His quotation was half the one that Hyundai did with me. So the that Hyundai, Hyundai gave me. So I said to them, no, I cannot accept this amount of money because it's too less. And the vehicle was going to be a year old from brand new. On the sixth of uh, June, which was going to be a year let me, old.
1: Let me let me cut in here and say this is an interesting issue for me in terms of where you stand insurance wise, and I'm definitely will pose the question to your insurer where they've rejected the initial claim. But does that mean that you have no cover recourse um, uh, with regard to the vehicle then being, you know, um, absolutely stripped? And all whatever value was left being stripped out, and you having to you know, do you know what I'm saying. So, does the, does the second oh, claim God. become rejected because the initial claim that it, it shouldn't the nullify basically? as it shouldn't. Yeah, but I would like to find out. I would like to find out well, if, you, if you want to email me the details, the claim number, the policy number, um, and it'll be very easy. For me to just send an email to the um, insurer and say, surely, you know, the, 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 this this um, policyholder some, has some, a right to some recourse. It can't be okay that uh, this happened. There's a separate incident from the from the accident and that nobody's, you know, fighting it for her. So let's see how that pans out. If you want to send me that email, Togo, okay.
0: Thank you so much. Togo, i passed you back on to our producer. Caroline, very quickly, go ahead. Hi Caroline, very quickly please go oh,
3: sorry, ahead. Sorry, sorry, me. Yes. Look, my question is my question <laughs> is this. How do you prevent sorry, how do you prevent your SIM swap your SIM card being swapped? It's happened to me twice now in the period of three months. Mm. The second time it happened, I was on a watch list with one of the major providers. They are straight into your bank and I'm with one of the top four banks in South Africa. Um and there seems to be no way that you can get hold of the person at the um, cell phone providers. You, when you message them, you get one person after the next, after the next, after the next. And I don't know what protection you get. How can you prevent your phone mm. from being SIM swapped? Because once your phone is SIM uh, swap, the second time it was, within 24 hours, they had already put a debit order through to my bank. So my even I blocked the account, and the bank honour it. So you know that is a yeah. big warning. The bank honour it.
1: Okay. Uh, that's the problem here is there's a two fold fraud the the cell phone company says if, even if they do have a fraudulent simps if they get that right, they still can't do anything. The fraud to that is unless they have the keys to the safe somehow they have your bank account number and your codes because they need the two. Because what, why they need the SIM swap is when they want to buy something on your account, they need to get that one-time PIN or whatever else they want. There's always a PIN, that one-time PIN that comes and it comes from your bank to your cell phone so they need to take control of your cell phone. How do you prevent it? Well, first of all, if, if your cell phone provider provides biometrics, don't um, think you haven't got time for that. You must do it because then you, uh, that should protect you and if it doesn't, then there's certainly some liability on the cell phone uh, provider's side. And secondly, you should have got a, um, a SMS from the cell phone company saying, the SIM swap's been applied for, is it you? And they give you a ridiculously short amount of time. Certainly, I took up a big case with Vodacom recently. They'll give you, mm. say, two hours to respond. And if you don't respond, they put it through, which I'm pushing for them to say, you shouldn't put it through, at least you get a, a tacit yes mm. or no. Uh, well, at well, you get a tacit, yes, of course. So there's two things I would say. Go for the biometrics. And if you did respond um, and say it's fraudulent and any of the um monies taken out of your accounts, any of those transactions happened after you notified them, then the bank would be liable. Sorry, it's a big issue to answer in a short time, but I yes. hope I've helped you in some way.
0: Yes. So, Caroline, uh, thank you so, so much for bringing, bringing that up. The up. Bank, because- uh, Caroline, we're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately, please, please. because we have oh. run out of time. But thank you for bringing that up. Maybe, wonder if we have time next week, we can retouch on the things that one can do in this case of SIM fraud.